0: Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor. Gene was wooded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, Run! Welcome to Brain Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Brain Stuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. The world was shocked when Prince Harry and his wife, Meghan Markle, aka the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, announced they were leaving Britain's royal family in January of 2020. A second jolt occurred when the two sat down for an interview with Oprah Winfrey in March of 2021 and revealed how disheartened and, quote, trapped they'd felt by the royal institution. They also tried to explain a bit about how the crown operates. At one point, Markle said, so there's the family, and then there's the people that are running the institution. Those are two separate things, and it's important to be able to compartmentalize that because the queen, for example, has always been wonderful to me. It's a complicated, convoluted system." The royal family consists of Queen Elizabeth II and her husband, Prince Philip, also known as the Duke of Edinburgh, plus their four children, Princes Charles, Andrew, and Edward, and Princess Anne, and each of their spouses. Elizabeth and Philip's eight grandchildren and nine great grandchildren are also royals. But this family is also part of a sprawling business institution with thousands of employees who manage the royal affairs. As with any other company, These employees work in human resources, public relations, information technology, housekeeping, and so on, in addition to occupying visible roles such as personal secretaries, drivers, and security. About a century ago, King George VI, Elizabeth's father, dubbed this combination of business and clan as the firm. With so many employees and such prominence, the firm requires a lot of money to operate. In 2020, the bill came to £82.4 million, or about $114 million U.S. These funds don't come from taxpayers per se, but from a convoluted system with real estate at its core. Here's how it works. Every year, the U.K. government gives the royal household a monetary allotment called the Sovereign Grant. The money in the grant is a percentage of the surplus revenue from the crown estate, which is an extensive real estate portfolio belonging to the crown. The portfolio's profits mainly come through annual appreciation and farming. In 2017, the monarchy received 25% of the crown estate's surplus net income, a jump from the previous 15%, plus an additional 10% allotment that will last a decade to refurbish Buckingham Palace. The government retained the remainder of the surplus. Before the article that this episode is based on, How Stuff Works spoke via email with Laura Clancy, a media lecturer at the UK's Lancaster University, and the author of the upcoming book, Running the Family Firm, How the Monarchy Manages Its Image and Our Money. Clancy explained that Queen Elizabeth II doesn't personally own the crown estate. Instead, it's a publicly owned property portfolio held in trust by the crown, meaning that should the entire monarchy be abolished, all those profits would go to the public. Clancy also notes that the sovereign grant is often reported to be the official cost of the monarchy, but that's not quite accurate. The royal family's security is paid for by the metropolitan police, plus local councils pick up the tab for royal visits, meaning the actual cost is greater. Working royals like the Queen, Prince Charles, Prince William, and his wife, Kate, the Duchess of Cambridge, receive funds from the sovereign grant to support their work, travel, staff, clothing, and residence renovations. They do not receive set salaries, however, nor are they typically allowed to do paid work. But the Queen receives a substantial income from the private Duchy of Lancaster, A set of commercial, agricultural, and residential properties that was attached to the monarchy in the year 1265 CE. As of 2019 to 2020, it generated more than 25 million pounds for her, that's nearly $35 million US. Similarly, as heir to the throne, Prince Charles receives income from the private Duchy of Cornwall, also established centuries ago. The two will pass on some of this income to their heirs, though it isn't known how much. And as if all of this wasn't enough, the firm's complexity involves a lot more than money. Another aspect that's difficult for outsiders to grasp is its myriad rules, regulations, and traditions. Some are non-controversial, like bowing or curtsying to the queen, but many others may seem silly or off-putting. Women are supposed to always wear pantyhose, for example, and never cross their legs while sitting. Makeup is supposed to be minimal, and couples are not supposed to engage in any public displays of affection, not even hand-holding. Oh, and you're not supposed to close your own car door. But who's making these rules, insisting that they be followed, or allowing them, at times, to be broken? Clancy says it's unclear. She said, the operations of the monarchy are complex, and there are many different individuals involved in running the institution, from public relations to HR to financial advisors. Furthermore, tradition is important, as it's a form of historical legitimacy for the monarchy. And this is where things loop back to Prince Harry and Markle, because one other major component of the firm is the Royal Rhoda or The Pool System, comprising a group of reporters and photographers from seven UK publications. For the past 40 years, the royal family has granted the Rota special access to their royal engagements in exchange for coverage, as coverage helps maintain the monarchy's relevance. These press members are expected to share material with each other. Today, four of the Rota publications are tabloids, including the Daily Mail and The Sun. And these Rhoda journalists often write about Markle harshly and sometimes in racist ways. One of the biggest reasons that the couple left the royal family, according to the Winfrey Interview and other press accounts, appears to be their distress and disgust with the Rota and their wish to escape its orbit. UK's National Union of Journalists expressed concern at the time of the decision in 2020 to leave the Rota, stating that as the royal family is partially funded by the public, quote, We cannot have a situation where journalists writing about the Duke and Duchess of Sussex can only do so if they have the royal seal of approval. And although their separation from the firm and the Rhoda means no more income from the sovereign grant or the Duchy of Cornwall, the two should be just fine. In stepping back from their royal duties, Harry and Meghan, as they would now like to be called, are allowed to earn a living on their own. The couple quickly inked a three-year podcasting deal with Spotify that's allegedly worth $25 million and a five-year Netflix deal, allegedly worth over 100 million. These deals will allow them to produce documentaries, films, podcasts, kids programming, and other content down the road. Today's episode is based on the article, The Firm Versus the Family, How Does the British Monarchy Really Work? on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Melanie Redziki-McManus. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.